Welcome to the Houdini RC Heli Podcast. This is episode 12. Today's date is 8-23-2020. Our hopes are to have this out within a couple of hours, actually. Kenny's back with us. Carrie's back with us. Brent's busy with teacher preparation stuff. He may jump in. I sent him a link to it, but we are redoing a episode screw up. So seven days ago, we did a podcast and I forgot to hit record. So record wasn't hit and everything was gone. So here we are. Uh, we're going to push through and try to do another one this week to try to stay on track. Luckily, I had vacation for a heli gathering. So we're all good. Carrie's here. Kenny's here. Hey, guys. How's it going? So we're all back in it. Um, I'll jump in like I always do first. My week, actually, we're kind of break this into a week, two week type of deal. So it's been, I guess it'd be three weeks, right? Cause it's normally sure. a two weeks. So it'll be a three week. This will be a three week episode since we didn't have one last week since somebody didn't hit record. Yeah. But for the, if I get it out, if I get it out within a day, then people will think it's actually two weeks, not three weeks. <laughs> for us in the DeLorean, it has been three weeks. <laughs> so work's been crazy busy not as busy as some people but a couple screw-ups at work but you know that's life you have to get over it and move on that's part of being an adult no don't uh, say that my foot's getting better after I, I think yeah i don't think i had stepped on some stuff testing some stuff behind my house and hurt my foot and Luckily, I get to go to the dentist tomorrow to get the finalization of the crown and get the fillings done. And hopefully, I'm completely done with the dentist work as far as stuff for now. As I get older, I'm sure it'll get worse. But it's been good. Family's good. Uh, daughter's back at Baylor. So that's good to get one out of the house. I just got two more to get out of the house for. School hopefully starts up and I can get them out of the house for half the week and actually start getting some stuff done around the house. Now you're married to one of those, aren't you? Yeah, but it's, it's nice during the school year. So I hate summers because summers I have the wife and kids are all home all the, like throughout the week. So I can't just do whatever and go to the flying field whenever I want or sleep whenever I want or do whatever. So this COVID deal is like having a nine month summer currently because it started in February. So I'm ready for them to go back to school at this point. I'm sure they are as well. True. So it's about all I've been up to. Nothing much and nothing major going on, but trying to get podcast stuff done, lined back up to redo. <laughs> and Carrie, how have you been? Oh, busy. They put me on that new 10 and four work schedule at work and, trying to get my body used to working 10 hour days, 10 days straight. So <laughs> it's been a little rough. Hadn't got nothing done at the house cause of it. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah. You, you sent the text that you're switching to that. <laughs> that's just horrible. Yeah. It, it's actually been a pretty good week so far. So 
I'm in a f- far better spirits than I was last couple of weeks. <laughs> so, so are you guys that busy that requires you to be on on location for ten days in a row, ten hours straight each day? Uh, we're actually just staying in the shop on the yard, but I don't see we're that busy. I don't know what the reasoning is for it, honestly. Wow. But I know the equipment's been rocking and rolling, so that's a good thing. It's just to show that they have the power. (laughs) Hey, if they want to pay for it, I'll work it. (laughs) I got helicopters I need to buy. (laughs) So is the hurricanes that are coming in the Gulf going to affect you at all? I don't think so. Probably get a bunch of rain, keep me from flying. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw him coming in the coast, and I was just thinking about you. I was like, man, I wonder if that's going to cause him havoc. With actually, I need to charge up the batteries for all the small helis. They'll be good to fly in the little dry parts of the storms. <laughs> and Kenny, you've been doing okay. Yeah, yeah, it's same old, same old. My life doesn't change a whole lot. I. Uh, go to work you know kids moved out and it's uh, just me and the wife so she has a full-time job i have a full-time job we seem to get together back in the evenings and leave in the morning and that's it just normal that's more normal than my life <laughs> well neither one of us have been out for any of the covid that's good. Um, yeah we've She's been around it, and she was. Uh, she's been tested for it three times, twice by the state of Texas because of the facility that she works in. She's in. She's uh, in the medical industry, and so she's been tested by the state twice. And of course, each time that she comes back, she's negative. Um, me, I have been tested once because my wife got tested. It sucks, but yeah, anyway, you. you know, it's it's good for you. Cool. So I'll jump in first. On the Gowie, I've got the Gowie flying. Did a – stop playing with this pen. So I got the Gowie flying. Did a semi-review last week on it that didn't get recorded, but we'll go back through it. The KDS 7.2 is rocking and rolling. A little nasty machine flying sounds. It's a pretty pretty good heli, but I need to work on getting some HRB. I need to get some batteries because my saddle pack batteries are uh, spider batteries. They're like five years old? No. 10 years old. No, you five. can't technically call those batteries anymore. They have to be called sausages. Those are sausage batteries. <laughs> yeah, they they fit in the frame, but as you fly, they start expanding, and then they start pushing on the frame, and I just need to get rid of them. Like the episode we have, what do you do with batteries? Well, these these I need to get rid of because they're they're puffed up pretty, pretty big. So I need to work on – I need to get some saddle packs – I'm thinking about trying to sell an HRB 6S5000 graphene that I have and then try to 
get some 50C HRB non-graphenes to use as some saddle packs. And so the one that you saddle. have is the in parentheses uh, 100C? <laughs> Correct. It's the 100C graphene success 5000. I need to sell it locally because I really don't want to ship it. And I hate to make a post on it, but trying to get a hundred bucks for it and it's about a $150 battery. So we'll see if not, I'll figure something out. What about to your buddies? Uh, I sell it to my buddies. I'm not giving it away. <laughs> it's, it's a really good battery. Those graphene HRB hundred C's are, they're probably the best batteries in my opinion right now that are out there. They're not cheap, but as far as outputting, the current they can definitely do it so why not keep what you have and get another one so i'm trying to get one battery per helicopter i don't want to stock up on batteries because well wouldn't that technically be one battery per helicopter if you bought another one yeah but i need to buy two batteries yeah so my whole deal is i could buy another okay. h i could buy another hrb 100c or I could buy, anyway, whatever. It's confusing. Yes, I should just go buy another one. I have an Amazon gift card for 50 bucks I need to use. But anyway, I'm done with the HRB battery situation. I'll figure something out eventually. So I don't like taco batteries. I don't need to burn my house down. So I'll jump in real quick on the Gowie F7 review. I've got a list of positive and negatives. Any preference of the order? <laughs> Get the negatives out of the way first. Okay. We'll not make a sandwich out of this, and we'll do the negatives first. Top on the list is ESC spacing mount. There's not enough room to mount the ESC up on the front and get the canopy on which is a big fail in my opinion, but I understand why they did it. Um, but I ended up getting it to work because I cut the frame on both sides and laid the ESC mounting down. Um, I'll take a picture and put it on, on the podcast page just so you guys understand. But so I got that worked out. No big deal. Nothing a Dremel couldn't fix. The motor pinion mesh on this machine, if you want to adjust the pinion height, there's no way to adjust it with it inside the helicopter. So you have to put the motor on, put the pinion on, guess, put it on, take it off, put it back on to get that corrected, um, to get the mesh to the main gear good. So it took me two times. I got that done. It's just... I wish there was some way to get to the motor mount screws so I could adjust the pinion mesh without having to pull it back out. The manual on the helicopter sucks. It's a explosive view diagram and you have to look at what screws to put where and you just kind of figure it out. So as far as how hard the build is, I would call the build probably one of the hardest I've had lately. Um, the manual is far from what a Goblin or a Curtis Youngblood manual was or an Oxy manual. But 
it's not impossible. You just have to keep looking at the diagram and keep figuring out what screws to put where. It's just not a beginner build helicopter, I would say. So is the is the manual labeled for all the components as far as an order or is the packages you get just a package of screws and you have to figure it out? So every every screw is packaged individually, not individually, but all the three millimeter by tens are packaged. All the four millimeter by five are packaged. All, all of them are packaged individually and you just have to lay all the packages out and keep opening them to get what screw you need. And they're all labeled. All the bags are labeled. So that's at least a positive for manual build type stuff. The screw sizes, I wish there's, I understand why they put different screw sizes on the frame, but I wish, I mean, it saves weight. You know, if you only need a four millimeter screw instead of a five millimeter screw, you're saving a couple grams here, there, but I wish they would have just tried to find a way to make all the screws the same size, whether they went through carbon to metal or so forth and so on. But, at the end of the day, does it really matter that much? It saves I mean, weight. If, and but how much weight are you going to save? I mean, if you talk about, you know, how the Protos Nitro came came out right, and and it was already designed and all this stuff, and uh, XL Power pulled more weight out of the helicopter. I think one of the ways they may have pulled weight out of the helicopter is if you don't need a long screw, don't put a long screw in because it saves weight. I can see on a nitro that helping, but on an electric, eh, I think you're just making it more complicated, in my opinion. Hmm. I just uh, don't see you'd you'd save enough weight with those that little bit of screw you're removing. Yeah. I don't see there'd be enough weight difference to even notice in there. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I put it on there. I, I wish, you know in a situational, you know, if you have a real long screw, obviously you're gonna have to use a real long screw to go through uh, lower supports to the mainframe or something like that. But if it's between a four and a five, they should have just made them all fives. You know, it it have made it easier on the build. Next is motor wiring, not motor wiring. Next is wiring on the helicopter. It was good. I don't think it was crazy impossible. Um, I just ran the ESC signal and ESC wires from the front all the way up to the back. The servos, I just ran them from the swatch to the back. It was nothing major. I did put the fly barless upside down underneath the mainframe on the backside. But wiring came out good. I didn't really see any issue with it. Um, the canopy fits okay. I had did a little bit of cutting to make some more air vents for the motor so the motor can breathe a little bit. So let me ask you a question since you brought the canopy up again, not again, but the motor, or excuse me, the ESC, I assume that you're running a hobby wing. What? Yeah, it's a hobby wing 200. Okay. So I've seen a lot of 700s that just utilize a 130. I don't really know on the Galley X7FZ the requirements, but I'm sure some, a lot of it has to do with flight style. Yeah, I had a 130 on it originally, 
uh, and I had it laid up on the side of the mainframe, but it does get hot. It was getting up to 170 degrees, 180 degrees. So oh, wow. I, yeah, I mean, not crazy hot, but it's hot. And then after I switched to the hobby wing 200 in it, the hobby wing 200 sitting at about 150. So definitely running a larger ESC is better. And I'm going to be flying the helicopter aggressively and during the day. So oh, you're going to do some of that uh, yank and bank kind of stuff, huh? Get, stick get, banging? The, get in the corners. <laughs> get in the corners. So another negative was the link sizing. The manual didn't tell me um, how to make the links from the swash to the servos. It did tell me how to make the size of the links from the swash to the head. But I had to guess on the link size from the swash to the servos. So I guessed it at 52 and it came in pretty close. I need to do a slight adjustment. Uh, Kenny was seeing that the following arms aren't parallel perfectly. So I kind of need to go back through those links and tighten them up a little bit. Probably need to pull them down to 49, 48-ish from what I was looking at. What kind of servos are you running in that one? So I'm running the KST-215s and I'm sorry, KST-215s. I don't think those work very well. The KST-805 and 815s I'm running on the machine. They're good. They're good servos. So we'll roll into the positives. The battery tray, I give it an A+. It has a double layer battery tray. So you have rooms to get the straps on the batteries and still slide the tray in. It's not a one-piece tray. Uh, the torque tube install was super easy. Um, I've had some of the, the KDS models and some of the line models trying to slide the torque tube into the helicopter. It's just super tight between the grommets and the actual boom itself. But this one, it's super easy to slide them in. It's perfect. I think the design on the torque tube is awesome. The boom supports on this model are extremely thick. The way they mount the boom supports. It's a solid piece of carbon with uh, plastic caps and it's got a bolt that goes through it. So you just glue the plastic piece in and then run the bolt and so tighten that up. And works perfect. The head design is really nice. It's nice and low to the main body and the boom and it's very rigid. I thought it was really good. The you guys know how the thrust washers have an OD and an ID, correct? Yes. On the head, when, it, when the grips came out of the package, the OD was already installed into the grip. And the ID was in the package for you to install. So you didn't have to figure out which one went what direction. They were already installed into the head. That was just a little different. I normally just, you know, they, they're all in the package together and you just figure it out. But Next on the list, I think that all the lines on the helicopter are, they get very nice looking lines as far as how stuff flows between the boom and the skids and the front of the skids to the mainframe to the head. I think everything flows really, really nice. I think it's well thought out as far as 
aesthetically looking at the machine. Uh, did it come with some servo arms? I didn't use them. I used the servo arms I already had. So, uh, Oh, it came with a bunch of spare screws. Probably the most spare screws I've ever gotten with a helicopter. It had a whole sleeve, probably three inches by 10 inches of just spare screws. All individually heat shrinked out. So that was nice to have an assortment of screws that I can use for future purposes. Nice. Uh, the parts are shiny. The boom is shiny. The All the carbon is shiny. It's just aesthetically to look at. It's really, really good. The final thing on my list for a positive is the manual is very compact. You can fold it up and put it in your pocket. So put it in your box or possibly lose it if since it's so small. <laughs> Are you, it's not a book? No, it's not a book. It's not a it's a fold up explosive view diagram which is good, but I think for a helicopter being four years old, the manual should have been updated at this point and fixed. But. So when you unfold the piece of paper, how big is the manual? Mm. Or the sheet of paper? Probably three foot by two foot, maybe. Wow. Maybe two foot by two foot. Front and back, I think. It's not the best manual, but let's jump into how it flies. I've got probably 10 to 15 flights on it and the machine is flying outstanding. Probably one of the better 700s that I've flown as far as, you know, first four or five, t 10 flights on the machine. I'm extremely comfortable with it. I'm doing maneuvers and stuff that I normally probably wouldn't do with a 700. So I'm liking the flight characteristics of the machine a lot. Um, obviously I need to get more flights on it, more time on it. But for now, I mean, it's a nice machine. The battery tray is really nice to have. It slides in, the clip is nice. Everything's the flight characteristics of the model are outstanding compared to some of the negatives I had with the manual and so forth and so on. So positives outweigh the negatives. Correct. And there's parts available. Uh, Gowie has parts. There's parts at different distributors throughout the United States, throughout the world. So shouldn't have a problem killing a helicopter and getting parts to replace it. So that's a positive. I haven't looked at the parts prices on the models, but I have seen the model itself. And, and I don't know what they're trying to do, but those models are really cheap when you start comparing it to others. Uh, so the retail price on the model is six ninety nine. Um, obviously I got mine for five fifty, but that was a sell they had, and they're no longer in stock. So, um, anything Heli has them, they're six ninety nine. It's not super cheap, but it's a nice seven hundred size Heli. But you didn't buy yours at anything Heli, did you? No, I bought it through all ERC out of Phoenix, Arizona, I believe. But they don't have any more in stock. And supposedly 
anything Heli is going to be the distributor for Gowie moving forward. And all of the stuff that all ERC has, and I believe it's Empire. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, anything they have, they're not restocking. Anything Heli is going to be moving forward, the distributor for the United States. From what I hear, Rumorville. But you never know. Anything could happen. Well, that's all I have uh, from the recap. We went flying this week. Um, I'll touch on that when Kenny goes over it. We had had a gathering yesterday, but we'll jump into – you guys want to guess a number from 1 to 10 to see who goes next? (laughs) Uh, We'll let Kerry go next. Okay. Kerry can shoot away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I finally got my KBBD, KBDD team shirts in. Dang. <laughs> Try to say it fast. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> a little while ago, they, they uh, asked us if we wanted the Pro Edition blades, and they took account how many people wanted them and everything. They ended up making a, making a production run of them for us, so I ordered two sets of them and got those in as well. So I actually did a bod this time. Other than that, I got I have a I have a question for you, Carrie. So sure. those those blades are they white on the bottom or are they green on the bottom? The pros? Yes. Uh dang, I forget. Because they have green on the top of them. They just have like a little green stripe. Yeah. And they're white and black. They're white on the bottom. Oh, okay. White on the bottom, yeah. That was a that was you know yeah. because they're always putting color on the bottom of the blades, orange and so yeah. forth and so on. I was I was kind of wanting to know if if these pro versions are solid solid white on the bottom. Yeah, I I actually ordered them for the Whiplash and uh, probably my T T Rex seven hundred. Nice. So you haven't flown them yet? Uh, yeah, I've got one flight <laughs> on them. The the Whiplash loves them. Uh, I don't, I can't explain what I felt, but it was, it just flew better. And that, that's not changing anything. That's just pulling them out of the package and throwing them on and going up. And, nice. And the whiplash wasn't even having a good day. It it could have stood some tuning, but I just let it run. It was rich. So I just let it go. Mm-hmm. Rich is better than lean on a gasser. Yeah. For sure. Then my Spectre 700, it was making a weird noise out of the tail. I I, I guess the belt was just loose on it. I tightened the belt up and Quite hadn't good. heard the noise again. So That's good. That's, Last I've, time I flew it, man, it, it was tearing the sky up. It was pulling hard that day. Yeah, that, that machine – on a 700 definitely uh it's an aggressive heli (laughs) so ferry how many models do you have flying we don't have enough Uh, time for him to count all of his helicopters (laughs) yeah there's at least 20 20 helicopters or better yeah and they're all flying yeah the flyable ones and there, so you have more than 20. There, there's between five and 10 that are not flying. 
<laughs> nice. Hmm. And they range anywhere from uh, a nano CP all the way up to 700. I don't know if we can count, count a nano count CP a nano in that lineup. Were <laughs> <laughs> well, you looking to buy something, Kenny? No, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's. I actually got to fly this week, so it, it kind of made for a decent week. It and it shoot the dang sunset so early now. It's getting hard to wear. I almost can't fly after work now. What time's the sunset now? What eight thirty? Something like that. By the time I get to the field and get the get the model pre-flighted and ready to fly, you got about one flight left out of the day and before it yeah. gets too dark. It's about eight twenty here, and yeah, it's definitely uh the sun's setting fast. Maybe I need to bring up left. to the club that we need night flying lights hanging <laughs> off the canopy. Mate, no, I got a better idea. <laughs> oh God, here it comes. <laughs> Just get a night rig. Yeah. Well, I've got one in the trailer. I just need to finish it. What is it? DT700. <laughs> Out of all the models you have, you've got night blades as well? No, no, I don't. My plan is to, to not even put the canopy on it. Just put all the LEDs on the fuselage and just fly it that way. And Stick them on the carbon? Yep. Yeah, we had a buddy, Danny, that did that. He just stick them onto the carbon. Then Don't. just put night blades on it and fly it. Yeah, it definitely works. I've, I've seen it done. Hmm. Not the nicest looking, but works. Hey, as long as you can see it to fly, that's all it needs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the ugly night flying helicopters. Yeah. Well, you got anything else, Carrie? Nothing special. That, that's about it. Just got your blades in. Yeah. You're you're uh, saying saying something that you've you've got your team shirts in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just miscommunicated that I was supposed to get on the website and actually order the shirt, and then there's a code we use, and it it gets us the shirt. So. I had to ask my team manager about it, and which when I when I was actually signed on was when all the COVID world kind of started falling apart and everything. So I didn't think they could even get the shirts printed. So I kind of waited a little bit to even ask about it. So nice. Have you received it yet, or did you just order? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I got them last night. You need to post a picture up so we can see it, or send it to oh, me. Yeah. I'll post post it up. I haven't seen the KP. KBDD team shirts yet? Well, they will almost burn your eyes out bright yellow. Yeah, no. <laughs> I would expect nothing less from them. <laughs> oh, yeah. They are extremely bright. Should I could probably fly off my shirts at night, have plenty of light. You <laughs> just put a, put a flashlight behind it. Yeah. That's funny. Nice. All right. We'll jump into Kenny. Well, been flying every weekend. I haven't missed a weekend yet. I plan on missing a weekend in a couple of weeks. Wife and I are going to go out of town. But I got to fly Richard's X7 FZ. Uh, flew good. I'll say this for that model. 
has it had a good presence in the air and normally speaking richard and i have two different flying styles setups his flying setups and his setup is typically more aggressive than mine me you know uh, i'll just call it i'm i'm more seasoned than uh, richard is anyway the model flew great it i liked the way the way it felt the way he had the flight control system set up we had a little bit of a i had a little bit of a disconnect in one particular spot and we'll get into that here in a little bit just something that i think that people should be aware of and be careful about and in pre-flights and testing especially with new new models so on and so forth anyway we'll talk about that here shortly also this this weekend yesterday uh, I extended an invitation out to a few of the local guys uh, to go out to Apache Pass. We were doing a small little gathering out there. Uh, so all of the the board guys and the officers, uh, there was a request for everybody to come out and enjoy the weekend. And so went out there on Saturday morning and we spent all day. Actually, it was me, Sloan, Bob, and then Richard came out later on that afternoon. And we flew quite a bit during the day. It was, we had a great time. It, it's always, you know, it's when we start getting together like that, it's always fun when you're in groups. <laughs> and then uh, later on that evening, Kerry did not make it because of his this <laughs> use about his schedule. <laughs> But later on that evening, you know, I got Nightbird ready and I did night flying. Bonafide, lit blades, the whole nine yards. Of course, anybody that knows me knows that I enjoy that. Nice. I don't want to wait on lights. And, you know, the, there, I had several comments from other people that was watching me fly and they all made the same thing that you could see the model better at night than you could during the day. And they're absolutely right. Uh, when you have the model lit up and everything, it's just, it's really pronounced. Anyway, I uh, did some night flying and then we did uh, some spotlight flying. As spotlights. Spotlight, that was Sloan and Richard. That's always fun to see. This time, Sloan never made me back up. Yeah, but if we were we were already a little backed. <laughs> yeah, we with. were already a little backed on that one. <laughs> he got out there and he did his thing, and man, I don't know how he kept from hitting the dirt a couple of times. He was low. Yeah, there was a couple times the dirt actually blew up off the ground. <laughs> yeah, at wow. night. So when you can see a dust cloud at night, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was a nice flight. It wasn't as good as his last flight. I would say he was, the head speed seemed a little bit lower and the aggression was not as high. Yeah. I would almost call it a sport flight for him. <laughs> if there is such a thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, but yeah, flying yesterday was awesome. I did something that I have that I, I mean, I know how to do several things, but I got to doing some low head speed flying and I got in line with the runway and the model is to my left. That's how I can put that together in my mind. When I'm in with the model sitting in front of me, it's uh, it's hard for me to see that. 
I mean, I can see the model and everything, but I don't have very good depth perception. So I stick the model to my left or I can stick it to my right and I can look at the end of the model and I can see more so what the model is doing to make sure that I'm, the corrections that I make are, are correct, are right. And so I was on the deck and I started doing some, some slow RPM uh, flips, just forward flips. Sloan was in the background. He said, wow. He was surprised that I got that low to the ground. And I was close. I've, I've never been able to, to do those. I'm just, it's an easy maneuver, but man, the collective timing's got to be spot on. I tried to get that back together at night, and it, it wasn't the same at night as I, did, as I did it during the day. Of course, during the day, I'm flying the Synergy 696. At night, I'm flying the, the Synergy E5 stretched to a 600. The 696, the more I fly that model, I mean, it's just, it's an amazing flying helicopter. And that model, you know, I've spent a lot of time with it and I've got it flying good. And, you know, it's, if there is such a thing as connected, we are connected. The E5, I'm still trying to learn because I've been doing most of my flying with that model at night and very little during the day. It's just different. 600 main or 606 main blades versus uh, 696 main blades. And that little extra blade, it does make a difference. Yeah, I haven't I haven't flip flop blades around to see like swapping between six ninety six and seven fifteens or seven thirteens or whatever you want to call it back and forth to see what the difference is. And one actually, I'm I'm glad you said that. I'm not running six ninety sixes on that one. I'm running seven sixteens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was running uh, uh, VTX seven seventeens on the gasser, and when I put these six ninety pros on there. I, that's part of the feeling that I'm feeling is it, it's more agile now. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, we had a great time yesterday. Sloan did some barbecuing for us and we had uh, stuffed jalapeno peppers with bacon wrapped around them and pork chops. Well, at awesome. least I didn't miss out on something. We, we grilled pork chops at work yesterday. So. <laughs> yeah, but you were at work. I know it. Okay. Just just saying. It sucks. <laughs> I was miserable all day yesterday knowing y'all were out flying too. <laughs> we were. <laughs> I did start breaking in a new HRB battery. I got an HRB 3300. Is that 3300 or 34? Yeah. Anyway, it's just uh, the graphene. I do like those batteries. So on that note, Richard, you and I can probably work something out on that one that you have. Oh, for the six S five thousand. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just need to figure something. I don't, I don't need to have, have. Well, I need to, but. Well, well, I've actually got one battery that is pretty new, and I've got another battery that got put into the dirt hard. Actually, I got a stick pack, and I stripped one of the batteries out of there and redid the leads. And that battery is still good, but if I can get another stick pack, I mean, another battery. Oh, and just stick it, redo the heat drink on it. Yeah. Because right now, uh, even, you know, when, when you rebuild something like that, it's 
the battery is just not the same. You can't put everything back together in this nice, neat little bundle that it came from the factory in. Did you lose the front battery or the back battery? I lost the front battery. Oh, then that'll be way easier to make it look back stock. Yeah, the back battery is is fine. It's perfect, you know, but the the front one, it had this nice little Z bend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. Yeah, we we can work something out. I have some heat shrink here too. So Yeah. Cool. Maybe I'll trade you this one. Horse trading has begun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a kidney just in case I need it later in life. Uh, nice. Move it along, Kenny. Move it along. Yeah. So I was at the store today, and I bought some Loctite. I bought some 242, and I was talking to Kenny earlier, and Kenny told me that I need to be using Loctite 243 for some reason. I just buy whatever Loctite's at the store. I don't really care normally. <laughs> I'm not... I'm probably should do a little bit more research into this. And Kenny was talking to me. He said that Loctite 243 is better. So, and I asked him to explain why. And I asked him, bring it up on the podcast just to let everybody else know. So I've been using 243 now for several years. Uh, when I say several years, it's I think they introduced that stuff like five years ago now, maybe six. It's been a while. And a 243 is, it's an upgraded version of 242. That's one better than the 242? Yes. And, and basically uh, with 243, it's a medium viscosity, medium strength, anaero anaerobic material. It does not require a primer. Now, what is a primer? You I don't understand. Well, Loctite has they they have cleaning, they have they, they have a, a chemical that's used as a primer. Uh, I think it's blue, but don't hold me to that. Okay. And um anyway, it just makes sure that the the material that you're using it on, I think it's plated. If you're going to use a plated uh bolt, then you use the primer. I think for, for regular iron, like what we do with, uh, I think cleaning it with alcohol is probably acceptable. I mean, I did that for, for, for a long time with 242. Good luck finding alcohol, IPA 90%. <laughs> well, I've got plenty here. Well, I would say use it sparingly because I have not seen IPA 90% or 70% at Walmart since COVID started. Yeah. The, the Loctite, it will cut through oil. That's the part that I like about it. And so when you're talking about helicopters, you know, there's, there's key components on helicopters that, that really need to be fastened properly. And, you know, it's when I'm building a model or I'm doing any kind of maintenance on, on a model, I have always dipped the screw in Loctite, then take, or not Loctite, but in uh, alcohol, and then I've taken a paper towel and I've cleaned the end of it. And then I put a dab of, of 243 and I put it back together. There is times when 
I probably not have have not been as uh, I don't know maybe maybe not as OCD on certain components, but there is certain components the head axle, uh, anything you know that's going to be holding a bell crank in place. I always make sure that I'm taking those components and and I clean them with alcohol and I use 243. I have 242 here, but I only use 243, period. And I was reading a post on the Synergy team site and we were uh, there was a discussion about Loctite and, and even Matt made the comment about uh, that he'll only use Loctite. And I, look, I'm thinking about it now and I'm almost guarantee you he said 243. Guaranteed it's hard to come back from. Yeah, I know it. I know it. <laughs> but the nice thing about this 243 is when we use 242 all the time, uh, breaking bolts loose, you know, it, it really wasn't that difficult to break a bolt loose. With 243, even though it is still a medium blue, medium strength, it just had a better seal between the bolt and the the threads so the male to the female it just had a better seal in there because yeah, the nice thing about the 243 is it has to if there's any oil present on the bolt it has to cut through that oil and yeah. it's not just there to hold the bolt in place it's also there to seal moisture from getting inside to make sure that it doesn't back out because i don't know if you guys have ever seen a a main grip come off because the bolt came unscrewed oh yeah it's like a duck when it happens yes falling from the sky because there's no more blades on the helicopter <laughs> and uh and so yeah it, it's important that it's done properly so my recommend uh, recommendation to richard is spend a little money and buy 243 now the other thing about loctite and I did a little research to see if I could find the the answer if this was just a a broad statement or if this was specific. But the shelf the shelf life on Loctite 243, uh, according to the documentation that I found, was 24 months, two years. And once the tube or bottle has been opened, they say it's 12 months. So don't go buy a leader of Loctite. Correct. Unless you're really using a lot of it. <laughs> uh, and I've always bought larger bottles and I never really thought about the shelf life of Loctite until this evening after you and I talked about it. So I went and looked. You should start sharing that with friends since you have such a big bottle. <laughs> Take a drink of it. Well, I happen to have a bottle uh, sitting in my desk at the office that I use, and I bet that bottle's every bit of four years old. And it's been opened and it's been used. And just like the locked up that I've got here at the house, it's I've had it for probably, I don't know, a year and a half. And I, I use it every day. It's It sits in my tool bag that I take to the field with me. Well, it's just like chicken, right? You buy chicken at the store. It says needs to be cooked by X date. That's just a date. I mean, that's not it's not a rule you have to go by. I mean, if it's a week you're right, older and than and that, and overall, it seems to work fine. I mean, the worst oh. thing it's going to do is give you the shits. I'm not going to kill you. 
<laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> it should be some leeway in the Loctite. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of chicken, I cooked some amazing rib or chicken wings this evening. Yeah. You bring them by. You're only two hours away. That's it. So anyway, that was, I just wanted to share that for what it was worth. People can take that information, use it, don't use it. That's fine. That's just what I do. Yeah, I need to get some 243 because the stuff I buy is just Home Depot. And it doesn't last very long. So that's cool. The I just wanted to touch on we were out at Apache Pass doing night flying with – we had some quads. I, I have a spark and – uh, Sloan has another quad that we we're flying. We we're just messing around at night, flying around. It was, it was a blast. What you could do, just messing around. We had uh, Kenny had some glow sticks. We we're zip tying glow sticks to our quads and flying around, acting stupid. Is that where the smiley face picture came from? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that's just. It looks so cool. That was funny. I the post yeah, it on if- the site too. If uh, we were take, we took our phone and changed the f-stop. Uh, we dropped it down to one point five, and then took the aperture and raised it up as high as we could go. And then we took some of those long exposure uh, pictures, and that's what you see on the group text. I'm sure you oh, looked wow. at them. Yeah, it was really cool. I've been <laughs> wondering how people do those. <laughs> that's how you do it. I'm not perfect at it sloan is the one that suggested that we did that and then you know it just took off from there and we started playing around with it yeah it was a great time yeah that little helicopter probably never gonna get rid of it i was actually impressed that so we did a race between was this i have a spark that's modified and then sloan has what a mavic air is that right yes the original mavic air yeah, not the current one. But we did like a vertical race and like Kenny called out three, two, one, and then we did full positive race. It was kind of cool. I was happy I won. Yay. But it probably won't last long because uh, I gave Sloan the links to how to modify it. So next time out, <laughs> we'll, I'm probably going to be losing that battle. But it'll be interesting to see after he modifies it the next time we're out and do the vertical race how much more performance vertically it has compared to what it didn't. It's cool. Yeah, that, that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Just messing around. That was a great time we had out there. Um, there wasn't too many people. Was there maybe 10, 12? Yeah. And I invited, let's see, 12 people. Yeah. I invited nice. 12 people, and out of those 12 people, four showed up. Yeah, so it wasn't like an event. I mean, it was like a normal day at a flying field, actually. But it was nice to be out there. I would have been there if I hadn't been stuck at work. Yeah, 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 whatever. I would have. <laughs> work, work, work. So when is the date for the Ice House fl- fly-in? Ice House Fly-In uh, out at Apache Pass will be November the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. Okay. And, and that, I plan on being there for the whole time. 
I actually may come out there on a uh, Thursday. I mean, Wednesday on the 4th. Agreed. I'm, I'll probably go be there, try to be there Wednesday morning. Yeah, it's we'll, we'll see what my vacation time is like at that point in time. I got to save a little bit for the holidays, but. Shoot, I've got more than enough. I got to burn some up, so I'll probably take the whole week off. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've still got nine days at this point. Being all the fly-ins canceled this year, I haven't burned any vacations, so they'll, they'll be itching me to burn them all up before long. I've been burning vacation with COVID stuff, and I don't have enough. I'll make it, though. I wanted to mention the Southwest Heli Rodeo in Tucson, Arizona has been announced. Brent got with us, and it's going to be November 12th through the 15th. I'll try yeah. to get a link from him if there is one available for, or we'll put it up on the, at a later time, but we'll try mm -hmm. to continue to mention the events that we may attend. That's gonna At least it's not the same weekend as Apache Pass, but. It's close enough. It hoses me. <sighs> I, I don't know how to do both, both weekends. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I'm probably going to miss that one, but I'll keep it in the plans and see what I can do, what I can work out. I'd love to go down to Phoenix and Tucson, Arizona, and hang out with Brent for at least a couple of days. It'd be cool. Yes, sir. Well, that's that's an event that I've always wanted to go to, and I just haven't made, made it yet. Yeah, Maybe went one, one year. of these days. That's good. Wow. Seven, 18 hours from here. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, from Longview. Yeah, because you're up there. Uh, what is it from Austin? It probably about ten. Yeah, I think I think when Sloan and I took the Prius, it was nine hours, nine to ten hours. It wasn't too bad. It was actually a fun drive. If we left here on a Friday and drove straight out, and then came home on Sunday. A lot Get up of driving. That one in the morning, drive over. <laughs> but anyway, next I wanted to touch on a main topic we went over on the last podcast that didn't get recorded. Wanted to go over it's this easier main topic than I normally non-technical, but we're going over what you look at when you are actually flying the helicopter and how the progression changes throughout your flying career, we'll call it, right? When I started flying, I always looked at the blade disc a lot. Um, I looked at the white portion of the blade disc and kind of flew the disc around. Obviously, at that point when you're learning, you're just looking at the nose of the helicopter for steering for as far as rudder, tail rotor type stuff. But as you progress and get better, in the hobby or start flying more aggressively, you start looking at different stuff. My personal preference that I look at a lot is this are the skids. I look, I always try to buy a helicopter or change the helicopter to a white skid. And I look at the skids a lot on a helicopter. Obviously the tail boom you're going to look at, but as you progress and start flying more in the hobby, you'll start visualizing the helicopter differently or looking at the nose or looking at the disc or looking at the tail. But 
I've talked to a couple of pro pilots and a lot of them, they just look at the model as a big blob. Like they've progressed through all of those little things. And when they're looking at it, they're just flying the fuselage as a blob or a object in the sky. I just wanted to see what you guys currently look at or what you used to look at as far as the helicopter itself. Carrie. Oh, going through it in my mind. I'm, I'm visualizing a flight. <laughs> I've never paid attention to no, be honest. Used to, I, just, I guess I watch the disc a lot now, but before is mainly the canopy and the skids, just make sure it's level and stuff like that. When I was learning hovering and basic circuits. Cool. But now it seems like I'm focusing more on the canopy and, what where it's at in the pirouette or where where it's at inverted or right side up or yep and then the the disc was kind of like the next thing i look at yeah it's definitely different for every person um i've talked to two or three people and talked to them and they all kind of get different answers from different people and as i started kind of collecting the data and looking at it it all depends on your progression of your flying I mean, it's a personal preference. Everybody's different at this point. Kenny, what do you currently use as a point of reference? Well, I don't use any single point as a reference. I just look at the model and see where it's at in the air. And I, in my mind, I don't see the things that people typically reference. Now, I'm sure that, you know, mentally I've got something going on there and I see a canopy or I see the disc or I see the skids or I see the boom. But some of the things that I do is I pay attention to where the model was at any given time. So I remember the position of the model, especially if you're, if you're going up in the air, let's say you're going up in the air and that you're inverted, you just have to remember where the model is at. So that way, if it gets up too high, you can come back out of that. As I mentioned last week, you take some of the pro pilots, and, and I can't verify all of them, you know, but you take some of the pro pilots and when they're going up to do this real big long auto, they sit there and pirouette the tail as it's going up. And typically you'll see them, whether it's, it's right side up or inverted, but you'll see them pirouetting. So that way they have a, a baseline and orientation and they remember the last position that that model was in. So that way, whenever they come back out of it, they can nail that, that auto. Nick is phenomenal at doing autos. Uh, Curtis Youngblood was phenomenal at doing autos. And many of the other guys, many of the other pro pilots that you see do that kind of stuff. They just have to, they, they visualize the model regardless of what it's doing. And it's just, it becomes natural after you do it long enough. So when somebody asks me, what am I focused on? I'm focused on the model. And I'm focused on the position of the model. When I'm, when I'm flying through the air, I'm looking more for the, for the position. And I'm making corrections that kind of make the model come back towards me if it's too far out in the in the flight line or whatever the case, or if the skids are, are offset a little bit, I may subconsciously add a little bit of aileron in there to, to correct that. 
but I think people just need to be careful to some degree that they don't fixate too much on one specific <laughs> part of the model. Yeah, I was doing that on an Oxy 3 about a month and a half ago. I came in to land and the tail fin was kind of shaking a little bit. And I was watching the tail fin, looking at it, looking at it. And the, and the next thing I know, I almost drove the model in like nose first into the ground. <laughs> yeah. It was horrible. I was like, oh my God, I, I just fixate on something. Sometimes you forget to look at the rest of the machine. <laughs> it was just one of those situations. Well, you and I, all of the three of us, we know somebody that we know people that put a lot of different colors and stuff on their models. And, and that's great if that works for them. I'm not saying anything yeah. against that. It's, that's what uh, you need to fly. That's what, if that was to help you fly, that's absolutely. what you need to do. I'm the, the only thing that I'll say to that is over time, you've got to, so putting all those colors on your models takes time and a lot of it. I just think that over time that you just have to be cautious about overdoing that and and then all of a sudden it becomes you're so fixated on on the color scheme you and end up having to have it yes yeah you get stuck where like you can't fly without it and yeah and it's i'm not trying to say anything bad against anybody that that does that that's awesome if that's what it takes to get you in there i'm all for it but as you progress in the hobby and and you've got time down that may be something that you want to try to steer away yeah. from over time and become more used to seeing the model itself i mean i have flown models that appear black in the sky because it's the overcast uh you know it's uh there are certain colors of canopies that you get out there far enough away that they're just black gowie gx4 <laughs> mm -hmm. and so on those right there it, it's nice to have a canopy that's got opposing colors you know if you have like a bright orange on the top you have a white on the bottom that way you can see that as it's going through the air i agree with that i've i noticed most of my models now just looking at them they're they're all set up that way the bright colors and but i pull my canopy off all the time and still fly around no different yeah and it's kind of like if you ever fly naked exactly heli i did <laughs> i did notice yesterday afternoon when i was flying the Gowie at apache pass the sun was almost set so i tried to put a flight in i took canopy off and flew it i was being very careful <laughs> i saw that there were I wanted to make sure I didn't get into an orientation where I was going to lose, lose that orientation of helicopter just because the sun was setting. So definitely if you're going to fly without a canopy, take some precautions. I mean, if it's going to be, don't, don't fly outside the box, be safe, try to don't push yourself. That's where a, a good white colored blade or, or a blade that shows up in while it's running helps with that too you can yeah. see the tail rotor you can see the main disc yeah and that helps with orientation when you're not flying with the canopy 
True. That's all I wanted to touch on, uh, unless you guys have anything else on that subject. Yeah, I was just going to add that if if you want to take it that one step further, get a set of night blades, but rig out your model. <laughs> I'm serious. Flying a night machine at night, you're talking about, I know of people that are scared to do that because they're afraid they're not going to be able to see their model. But I promise you. Yeah, you can see it. You I'm, can I'm see that model. Doing it with a helicopter. I did it with the Curtis Youngblood Stingray. And I almost enjoyed flying it more at night than I did during the day. And and the helicopter is the same way. I imagine it will be if I, I ever uh, build it. A couple of the guys asked me yesterday afternoon or yesterday last night when after we got through flying. And they said, how do you know where the ground is when it's dark outside? Because if you remember that first flight that I did, it got... I, it was pretty dark out there and that's the nice thing about apache pass is there's not a whole lot of light pollution and they said how do you see that model uh, or know where the ground is compared to the model i happen to have glow sticks in my hand and i said do you see these and they said yeah and i said that's my point of reference just throw them out there i just throw them out there on the ground and i know where the ground is well if you don't know where the ground is It'll let you know when you get there. <laughs> yeah, and of course, the nice thing is about night blades and stuff. When you get that close to the ground, you're going to see the ground. And there's no missing my model at night. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. There was, there were three roosters out there, and I, I could have swore they thought it was morning, and they started, like, <laughs> going off. And I was like, when Kenny turned on his model, the rooster's head came up and looking around. Here we go. Sun's coming up. Yep. It's a little bright. No, that's all we got. This is a quick, easy subject. I just want some of you guys out there that listen, try to, I mean, the next time you go fly, you know, think about it beforehand and, you know, try to, try to see or visualize what you're actually looking at. What's new? We'll move it on to what's new. The... Sob you're a cry, you're a cry, you're a cry, you're crying, you're a cry is out. Uruk-hai. They have yes. a new one out. I'm sure it's not cheap. Nothing full fuselage is cheap. FAI version. Uh, Nick Maxwell, when he went to Urcha, had his new blades. Did you get to look at any of those pictures of those, Kenny? I've seen them. I've seen his blades, but that's all. Yeah, they're they're very different looking. If you guys need to get some, get a hold of Nick and see. I would love to hear somebody that's actually flown them, like reviewing them. So if one of you guys out there have flown them, have bought them, and you want to come on and tell us about it, hit me up, send me a message. I'm curious about the root of the blades. It's just awfully long and narrow. I just... I wonder if they'll hold up to 3D flying or if they're they're more for FAI style flying, stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe I'll shoot Nick a message and, and see if he can give yeah. us a review and his opinion on, Come on if, the show what and they're then, used uh, for. Promote them. 
<laughs> Bring him on. He's always available. I try not to bother him though. Um, next yeah. new up on the list is the Scorpion Backup Guard Two came out this week. You guys see that? Uh, yeah, I have seen that. It. I pulled it up on the website here a second ago. You're going to have to supply your own battery with this backup guard, and it's going to be a 2S battery. I'm trying to find the recommended milliamp. So they recommend a 500 to 1,000 milliamp, and the dimensions of the unit itself are 44, 25 by 10, give or take 0.2 or 0.5 millimeters. Cool. Uh, it auto charges. It has a servo lead on it and it plugs into your fly barless unit. It does have an on off switch. It looks like the on off switch is actually a push one direction, push the other direction on on off switch. Um, That's it's, how the old ones were. It's not a hold the button type of deal. It's actually slide it one way, slide it the other way. Obviously, it's like the other backup guards when it sees the voltage drop. It will start outputting. Actually, it looks like. I think it says, I believe this. Five says, volts at 10 amps. Yeah, it says BC lower than 5.5. This will kick in and it'll output five volts. So if you set your telemetry to um, 5.5 volts or lower, if you do have a dropout, this will kick in and you'll get a telemetry alarm for BEC voltage. So what is a JST-XHR connector? So the JSTX... I, I don't H remember seeing that one before. R, that connector, is, that's your balance connector for the 2S battery. Oh, I, I bet that's the same connector the old... Uh backup guard had i had to buy a special charge lead for it to charge them up yeah so it's just like the opti and the other batteries on your 2s battery you have a balance lead mm -hmm. with three pins on it that is your jst plug some of the the 2s batteries you buy they'll only come with the the jst out or you can it's, cut the other ones off yeah so it's just a balance lead is all that is. It's a 2S balance lead. So you take your 2S battery, plug it into the Scorpion Backup Guard 2, plug the servo wire from the Backup Guard 2 into your fly barless unit, and then all you have to do is on-off switch. So you're going to need telemetry. Correct. You'll need telemetry to see this. I don't see a plug for a light out. Right. I don't... I mean, there's a couple of them out there. I mean, maybe we should do a show on them and kind of go in depth on the differences between them. You know, I never thought about that. My Goblin 500 runs a backup guard on it, and I would have no way of knowing it switched over to the backup guard. Now, now that you talk about telemetry and stuff, I'd never know it. <laughs> if the speed control kept running, I'd never know it. That's funny. Yeah, I think we'll do a show on this. We'll do a, a little bit of digging in the next couple of weeks and we'll kind of do a comparison. 
Um, I don't see anything on this one standing out being overly better, in my opinion, just from what I'm looking at currently. I like the OptiGuard and the Pulse. They have a, a light that you can stick on the side of it. Yeah, well, you, the only problem with that right there is just finding it in stock. But that's the one that I run. I'll likely keep on doing that. Now, my radio has telemetry on it, so it, it'll tell me whenever something happens. Mine only tells me when I hit the ground. <laughs> I bet it doesn't talk to you at all. <laughs> yeah, my, my Goblin 500 is the, the only one running uh, BEC still. All Everything else, 500 up, is running separate receiver packs. So Really? Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't done that in a long, long time. Ever since Hobbywing introduced their new ESCs, the V3s, the V4s, I mean, they've got a bad-to-the-bone BEC in that thing. And I just run the BEC. I haven't run a receiver pack in years now. I say years, at least three years. Just to touch on that a little bit more, um, BEC-wise, and this will be something we'll, we'll go into on backup cards type stuff, but I know Blair from Louisiana. Louisiana. He actually, he actually just plugs a, a small 2S battery straight into his fly unit. He runs the BEC and a small 2S battery straight plugged in. I think Together. I, I think Sloan was doing that the other night, too. I, I kind of saw it. I didn't know if if he was doing that or if it, he had a pulse and I just didn't see the pulse on the backside, but I thought that would screw up a BEC. Nope. Uh, Blair's been doing it for a long time. Wow. But it's definitely something I, I know hobby wing had issues in the beginning with back feeding power situations. Yeah. Um, I think they resolved all that. We'll have to get Kenny to look into that a little bit more. If he's still here, I'm still here. I'm uh, listening. Went to sleep. <laughs> no, I'm I'm in Nick Maxwell's products, and I'm just reading some of his products that he has for sale. But that's all we have as far as that buy and sell. I may end up picking up Brent's X4i. Might hit him up. Not like I need another helicopter to build that I haven't started, like the Logo 550. But yeah, Carrie, if you need some night blades. Let me know. I'll, I'll build you a set right after I get off, get mine done. It may be a while though. <laughs> I just need blades. Yeah. I, I remember listening to the show y'all did about building the night blades. That was interesting. Yeah. I have all the stuff or if you can find a set of blades that you want to convert. Um, next time we're at an event, uh, I can sit down and do them. We can do them in your trailer. Shoot. I think I still got two sets of DT 700s. Those are perfect. The, the stock blades. Yeah, yeah, those are perfect to use. We'll take those and do them. Shoot They're gel coated. But now you're flying KBDD. But we don't offer a night blade. Yeah. Put LEDs on that blade. Uh, well, no, we we got we got a lot of carbon fiber showing. No, I don't think so. There's not that well, much. Well, well, we There's got a enough. right up there on the the leading edge. We got some paint, so. We might be able to get it up there. We'll see. Do it at an event. It, it only takes me about an hour to do them. 
I have to find some help. Break out the uh, TS 100s and yeah, go to town I, on them. I actually need to buy a fine tip for the TS 100. Uh, they have them for like 20 bucks, 17 bucks. So I'm probably going to buy I, a fine I actually tip. had a tip come in the mail the other day for mine that I had no idea I even ordered. Awesome. And shoot, that tip works great. It's kind of like a bevel cut. Is it the fine tip one? Uh, it's not real fine tip. I mean, the one that came with it was a fine tip, but you have to send a picture to me so I can see it. But that's about all we have coming up on about nine fifteen p.m. I think we went over everything. Uh, we'll get Brent on here. He's just busy doing schoolwork, getting prepared for the first start of the week. I'm sure that's going to be a load of fun. <laughs> oh yeah, but we'll get with him. That's about all we have, guys. I'd like to thank the other podcasts out there. Heliheads has skids, yard sale, Gucci, and fence post. Freefall RC with Kevin, Steve, Andy, and George. I still like having George on that show. If some odd unknown reason, I, I like listening to what he has to say for some reason. I'd like to thank Skids Up with Paul, Frank, and Javier. The BK podcast with Bert and Kyle. Telerotor with Rich, Michael, Robert, and Mike. Inverted Down Under with Ozzy Mozzy and Jeff Smott. The RC Element with Todd. And the Bill N YouTube channel if you guys want to. Cool. That's all I have. Uh, how would somebody contact you, Carrie, if they needed to contact you? Pretty much Carrie Snyder on all the forums. Carrie Snyder at Yahoo. YouTube. I got a YouTube channel too, so. Nice. I'll try to keep it real hard to find me everywhere. So, Yeah, Kerry Snyder everywhere. And Kenny, how would they contact you if they needed to? Contact me at Kenny S. on Run Rider or Helifreak. Contact me at Kenny Sierra on Facebook. And you can email me at rcnuts at gmail.com. Nice. If you guys need to get a hold of me, shoot me a message on Facebook. It's Richard Spiegel RC. R. Spiegel on Heli Freak and Run Rider. And if you need to email me, you can email me at HoudiniRCHeli at gmail.com. And that's all I have, guys. Stay in the box. Don't escape. Be safe. You guys take it easy. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy. Later. The end. The end. <laughs> Crap, did you hit record? Kenny? Kenny, did you hit record? Oh, man. We're not going to have to do this a third time. Nope. We got it. See you guys later. Peace out. Yeah, that's my printer. Thank you guys for downloading and listening to Houdini RC Heli Podcast. Please come back in two weeks. My precious.